0: is Dan Hansis along with Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal of the Around the NFL podcast. Hey, Dan. On the latest edition of our show, we talked about DeBricka Shaw Ferguson's retirement and the uh, New York Jets getting Ryan Clady. Marvin Lewis's extension with Cincinnati. What does that guy have to do to not come back? And, of course, our famous game that has never happened until this show, buy, sell, hold on off-season narratives. This is the only media offering that you need to pay attention to all week.
2: What are you doing if you're not listening to this show? Wake up with your life. Get your act together. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? James Coe here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. My eardrums are booming right now. I had to turn down my headphones. Hey, it's all good. Uh... Big-time show today in front of us. We're going to be talking about wide receivers in West Virginia.
3: Stand up. Get hyped. It's your boy. (laughs) He's back in the podcast, baby. The prodigal wide receiver son returns. Uh, if, if anyone could see the look on his
4: face <laughs> right now, <laughs> it's, it's basically that uh, that emotionless
3: face. It's such yeah, that's the squit, the straight smile, whelp face. Uh, Matt
4: Harmon, what's up, kid? <laughs> Not much, man. How's it going? It's good to be back here. I forgot how good uh, these mics make my voice sound. Oh, dude, they make your sound. Their voice sounds so golden and. And delicious. Um, delicious is definitely the the adjective I was I was looking for.
2: Absolutely. MG, my guy Marcus Grant. What's up? Not much. What's going on? And the WizKid kid from Wisconsin, Alex Kelhar. Hello. How's it going? Um, like I said, we're going to be talking about rookie wide receivers. Uh, this incoming class, and of course that that is why. Um, I, in my opinion, I don't think there's anybody who knows wide receivers better than the guy next to me here in Matt Harmon. So we 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 brought him in. He's kind of our our pinch hitter here. Uh, no Adam Rank today. Uh, like I said, I'm starting to think that Adam Rank and Matt Harmon are the same guys. I can't remember the last time you guys were on the same podcast together.
3: Well, That's a good question. Well, they were on his podcast.
4: But that could have easily been edited. Oh, that's
3: edited. That could have easily For, been edited. Yeah, that's they fixed true. that in post. This is Hollywood. <laughs> he could have easily <laughs> souped that up.
4: <laughs> I cannot confirm you, uh, that Adam Rank and I are the same person.
2: I like it. I like it. You guys are both contrarians.
4: Um, which I, d- I don't Me? A contrarian? Uh, come on what when have i ever had an opinion that it's against the norm <laughs> uh so yes we will get into
2: i mean as many wide receivers as humanly possible here uh, um it's going to be fun uh, a lot of these guys you know i know they've said that this class is uh, relatively weak but you know what man i see a lot of upside guys here
3: there's I do. a lot of interesting names a lot of guys that and it's going to de- some of these guys it's going to depend on fit they might not be as pure talent as the classes the last couple of years but there are some interesting names, and I know Harmon's got some uh, some people he's a big fan of in this list that we'll no get to. No
2: doubt about it. Laquan Treadwell, of course, we'll talk about. Josh Doxon as well. Will Fuller out of Notre Dame. But let's start the show with top headlines.
1: The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news.
0: Whistles, though. We I We like continue to follow breaking news. watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to have your kids, have your wife.
2: All right, your top headline today, Josh Gordon has failed a drug test yet again. Uh, for some reason, though, I, I it, it just escapes me. He's still up for reinstatement and could still play in the league next year. I don't get it. I don't understand how that happens. Uh, I guess the test showed traces, trace amounts of marijuana and dilute. Which can be used to mask substances.
3: Yes. So, we <laughs> yeah, don't need to get... You that know is, what? That is accurate. We don't need to get too much into that because there are a lot of things that go on that we don't understand. What's a catch? Other things like that. But the point is, uh, much to Marx's chagrin, uh, the Josh Gordon saga is not over yet. Still a chance,
1: season. baby. I mean, look... I, 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 Whatever's going on in Josh Gordon's life, I mean, whatever he he needs to do to you know make himself happy, so be it. But from a football perspective, he's not here. Like you know, and everybody keeps putting the whatever. I mean, he's not here. Let's just uh, <laughs> let's just accept that he's not here. And when he's actually here again, we can talk about him. Ah, uh, I do like
4: that. I, I don't do think you like can that. count on him in any sense of the word. Like if you're in a dynasty league and you have him. I would consider, like, I would probably take a second round dynasty rookie pick for him at this point. I just don't think you can count on him in any sense. At all. See,
3: I was going to say if you've got, like, a third or a fourth round pick, like, throw it at the Josh Gordon yeah. owner. Just see. See if they're ready to jump ship.
4: Just as long as you're not, like I said, as long as he's not somebody that you are
3: banking on in any right. sense of the word. Knowing full well that you might have to sit on him for a while. Forever. Forever. I mean, or forever. forever. If
2: forever. he doesn't play this year, he's done. Nobody just, You can't just, I mean, unless you're Mike Vick, man, you can't just come back after two years and play at a high level. It's impossible. Yeah. Um, Again, unless you're Mike Vick somehow, who is superhuman apparently. Uh, the other bit of news here: How about Shady McCoy? Look, Sean McCoy uh, was in that, um, uh, you know, very controversial bar fight. Uh, we saw the video via TMZ and all that. Uh, looks like he's not going to be charged from a legal perspective, and he won't be facing any discipline from an NFL perspective either. Yep. Uh, so he should be good to go next year uh, for next season, facing no suspension, uh, and that's and that's great for him.
3: It's good. It also just takes away that question now that was going to be, you know, plaguing a lot of people, whether they're LaShawn McCoy dynasty owners or people who were thinking about drafting him, you know, in the second or third round or whatever. Sure. That's now off the table, so we can rest assured, bury that. Carlos Hyde remains a deep sleeper (laughs) instead of somebody that could have been a trend. Carlos Carlos Williams, excuse me. Need to finish that coffee this morning. Still, <laughs> uh, yeah, he remains deep sleeper as opposed to somebody who might have been friskier if McCoy was facing a two or four game suspension. Of Can sports. we
2: talk about a draft price for Shady? I, I'm just utterly confused. I don't know where to get. I don't know where to take him. I like him as a player, I really do. Um,
1: second round seems steep. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to wait till the third if I could. Third or I either. think he'll fall right. I, I think if yeah, if I could, if I could wait to the third, I'd feel much more comfortable there. Does he fall to the
3: fourth? I would guess with this not. crazy uh, run on such on, a big name on yeah. wide receivers. I think I think it'd be hard to and see him last He still had a solid year last he year. He did when he was actually when running. he was on, yeah when he was when on, on the helping. field. But I mean that was the case with every running back last year.
4: I'd rather snipe out like Carlos Williams late in drafts and then you know annoy the people that want to handcuff McCoy. Because <laughs> <laughs> he'll get he'll probably get hurt again. And then you'll have a, a, a starting running back that, you know, is proven. All right, there you go. Uh,
2: let's talk into – let's get
4: real deep, I guess,
2: into these uh, 2016 rookie wide receivers. Um, the first <laughs> – Matt Hartman claps his hands. He's ready.
4: He's, he's got, ready, folks. He, he's brought in his computer with all his spreadsheets on it. This is actually – and I said this to Marcus before yes. the podcast. I have two laptops. This one is just for spreadsheets now. Ju- <laughs> you have just a spreadsheet machine. Well, this machine? is the slowest is that right? computer of all time. So okay. I got actually got like a um like a MacBook Air or whatever that yeah. do all my normal things. Okay. On. You know, like watch Netflix and whatever else. People right. do on a computer. Uh and then this one is just for perception for perception spreadsheets.
2: Just spreadsheets.
3: Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Single file, ladies. Single Yeah! File. <laughs> <laughs> At a computer just for spreadsheets. I am the
4: most pathetic human being. Oh, man. No, it's beautiful thing.
2: It's beautiful. It's absolutely. Uh, a first-round draft pick next year, uh, or coming up, actually, very, very very soon. Laquan Treadwell. Uh, a lot of folks have basically penciled him in as the number one wide receiver um, in this in this draft class. I'd love to get your take on this, Matt Harmon. Is he the clear-cut number one wide receiver?
4: I mean, I think it's worth a discussion whether you want to put Josh Doxton in there or even Corey Coleman if you're just enamored by the peak ability that he has. And I'm okay with that. Like I'll I'll entertain that discussion. But for me Treadwell is still number one. You know, I did all this charting of these college prospects like during the season and and he was pretty much like my favorite then and there's really been nothing that's convinced me to change that throughout this draft process he's such an ordinary athlete though yeah he isn't he's actually just really a a below average athlete Mm -hmm. in terms of you know his vertical jump uh his street cone was okay but his 40 time was poor four six three forty uh i
2: i give you the fact that he's 220 pounds which is huge but you mentioned that vertical
4: inch uh vertical jump it's uh 33 inches that's that, that's below average, yeah. man. Amari Cooper had a – it's actually a very similar one, too, that I think people forget he had a very poor vertical jump. That's mm. off topic. But um, I think the interesting thing about Treadwell is I do think he gets undersold for being a, a very solid route runner for a guy that's 220. I'm actually – in my head I was working through this theory the other day that, like, I think when a guy's a top prospect and he's been a top prospect for a while, like – and he's a bigger player like that, you kind of just forget to look for those sort of nuances right? as a technician. But I think Treadwell has a lot of that already, and he's only 20. He just turned 21 years old, mm. so that's encouraging. He's also pretty dynamic after the catch, which I think people forget. And we know he can play the ball in the air. So to me, I think like at worst he'll be a top-line possession receiver, but I think that if he continues to – Hone his craft and work into his physical form. He could be like a Brandon Marshall type of player. Yeah,
2: I mean six two two twenty. Um, and I and I know we were just talking about his vertical jump at just thirty three inches. Uh, but man, he uses every single inch yeah. of that. He
3: plays bigger than like Strong. his jump and stuff Absolutely. would make you think. Like hundred percent, he's he's very good in that regard. And like Matt said, he's underrated after the catch. Like he either makes people miss or he'll just bowl them over too if they if he can't get them out of the way. Yeah. So he he will pick up extra yards and like. I don't know, like what's his what's his comp these days? I know you don't like to do comps, but some people I feel like in them to like an Anquan Bolden, who wasn't a burner, but yeah. had good hands and won a lot over the middle and did damage after the catch and, so, and would bowl people over after. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: I see that big time. I
1: I, I, think
4: I totally see that. I think he's more explosive on the field and and a better technician already at this point in his career than Bolden really ever was.
3: Bolden was pretty great that rookie year, though. No, Bolden's I mean, a great he's player. Had a great career, but.
4: Bolden's a great player, but I think that Treadwell offers more. Like I said, I think he's more agile and more explosive. But I also am like, I'm kind of like I just actually charted Bolden the other day, so maybe I'm remembering like forty year old. Yeah, like, you're, you're, you're you're misremembering <laughs> mis- right now. Yeah, I get, that's always true.
2: I think though I, th- there is a, if there is another concern, uh, we see this a lot from college players, but
4: you know he's really only done it. We're talking about Tread- Treadwell for one year. That's true. He did have the
3: significant his-
4: injury in 2014 where he right. like was it an ankle? I think it was. He like just completely obliterated that. Yeah, you remember was- like did you guys ever play uh, Blitz the League on on yes. like Xbox and stuff? You remember when you would get like an injury and it would show like the actual things like exploding? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing that in college. That's like what happened to Treadwell like even watching it was like, "Oh, that was gross to watch." But he's only done it for a year, man. True. Um,
2: his junior year, he had uh, what uh, 1150 uh, through the air, 11 touchdowns. So, I mean, you know, I get that Old Miss wasn't necessarily you know lighting up the scoreboard here. But you know, again, uh, it's if there's another question mark, it is certainly there. How about Josh Dashi? You, you mentioned him um, at a TCU, boy. This kid can flat out play. Uh, He's the guy that had that ridiculous one-handed grab, right, against Minnesota?
3: Yes. Yes. Stupid one-hand grab. Uh, YouTube that. That's the play you, like, always see when his highlight tape comes up.
2: Josh Doxson versus Minnesota. Just go ahead and YouTube that. Unbelievable one-hand grab. Uh, He also has spin move for days. But, uh, Matt Harmon, what is your uh, takeaway on Josh Doxson?
4: Yeah, Doxon's really impressive. Um you mentioned the way he plays the ball in the air. I think he's the best receiver. Uh, in the class in terms of that, uh, in terms of his perception, perception, contested catch conversion rate, he's clearly tops. 85% con- conversion rate, which is way better than anybody else. Uh, so that's like his clear, you know, trump card trait. Like no matter what, he can still go up and play the ball in the air, even if he doesn't create a ton of separation. But I think that he is very good at getting open. He's the only player in the class that has an above average success rate versus coverage score on every route on the route tree. So What does the, that mean? What does that mean? That means how often he's getting open and separating from the defender on each route. So you're talking about a guy that does create requisite separation but even when he doesn't he can go up and get the football in the air so that's a thing that like to me that is a guy that can step in day one and add value just on that one trait alone and then as he continues to get better you know sharpens up his routes that sort of thing then you're looking at a guy who could develop into a number one receiver
1: now i look at this though i mean you talked about treadwell not being a great athlete, at least you know from from his measurements and that sort of thing. I feel like Doxon is the guy who's kind of the explosive guy oh my in gosh. this. I, you know, I mean, he's the one who, obviously the ability is there, but he's also the guy who, even outside of just his technical traits, can win yes. with his athleticism. A
2: 41-inch vert, uh, to compare
4: that with Treadwell,
2: and 11-foot broad jump.
1: That's
4: yeah. Zach Whitman does the uh, spark scores, which is the – Athletic testing that the Seahawks and other teams are starting yeah, to use Yeah, it's now. really
3: good if you guys have never seen it.
4: 3sigmaathlete.com, sigma definitely check that. He, like, backtraces it all from the Combine. And I think Doxon scored in either the 94th or 93rd percentile
3: of NFL athletes that have been tested since yeah. the Combine started. So pretty impressive. Very good. Also, real quick, to yes. backtrack on Treadwell. I thought it was a broken it was a broken something. It was a broken fibula and dislocated ankle.
4: Oh is yeah. what he
3: suffered. So that's that's gonna slow down your production there. Yeah.
2: I'm while. relatively confident your ankle is not supposed to dislocate. <laughs> Would not be comfortable. No. That uh does not sound good but at yeah,
3: all. But yeah, you know, James, you asked the question off the top, like, is Treadwell still the number one? And while yeah. Harmon said he is, there's a lot of discussion of whether it's Treadwell or Doxson. The thing working against Doxson though, at least in like dynasty and stuff, is he's older. Isn't he? If I'm not mistaken, right? Isn't Dachson like already 23? It's like 23 almost or my age. It's almost your age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's an old guy. Oh. So that's just something to think about. You know, that's when you're funny. when you're doing rookie drafts and dynasty things and stuff like that. Yeah, he is 23. He'll turn 24 this year already.
2: I think the th- the uh, I mean, from the on field per- perspective, I think the thing working against him he's so skinny, man. He's a beanpole out there. It would help he if he. Had,
3: I mean, you know, who else was a uh, beanpole coming out of college? Was AJ Green though. He still hasn't put on a ton of a ton That's of true. mass, but
4: he looks like he's built like they don't play the same way. But he looks like Keenan Allen, kind of. They have both that sort of like long,
3: yeah, yeah, frame. So for context, like why Kosh caution- just wanted to throw out the caution about Josh Jackson eight. A- Josh Jackson's age is Amari Cooper's only twenty one right now. Hello, he's already got a year of NFL experience under his belt. And Calvin Benjamin's forty. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I sure Brashad Perriman's 56, though. Love so. it.
2: Absolutely. He'll never play again, man.
3: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just,
2: I'm just i just going to go ahead
3: and throw it out there. That's a bold call Sell right Sell the there. farm. Yeah. I'll i, I would have got to clip that off and save it uh, for like later this year when Brashad Perriman is like 1000 I know, exactly. <laughs>
2: just racking it up.
3: He's never going to play again. He's never going to play again. Uh,
2: no, I, I I have no idea, actually. Uh, Corey Coleman, though. Uh, you mentioned him off the top. Matt Harmon out of Baylor. I, lo-
4: I absolutely love this kid, Corey Coleman. I would have put... All of the uh, not money sandwiches that's wrong.
3: Sandwiches. I'd, I'd, I'd put all my Pokemon cards on the fact that you were gonna like, Corey yeah, if, <laughs> if I had to look at this list and be like, who is James Coe's favorite wide receiver gonna be? Ding, 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 Corey Wait, Why? Coleman. No, it'll no, be just because he's sexy, he's exciting, he is. Exciting. And he's he's the, the speedy, like, athletic guy. He checks he checks the James Coe, like, post combine boxes, he does. But I'll tell you what <laughs> he does, and he scores a hell of a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> does score a lot.
2: Twenty touchdowns last twenty.
4: And he was on That's an even stupid. higher base before his yeah. quarterback like got his neck broken or whatever happened to him. He had his quarterback starting yeah. quarterback had like some serious neck injury by the time the the season was over. They were starting like a return man as the quarterback. But I'm I'm with you though. I really like Corey Coleman. Uh, he's I think he He was the
2: Blitnikoff Award winner last
3: year. Corey Coleman. Uh, that's a good question. I think he was. I think he was. I think, I was. think he, he was. was. Okay.
1: Can, can we bring up something, though, this, that has, has vexed me about Ooh, Baylor receivers? Vexed um, you? And not just Coleman, but just, you know, they're they're guys. Obviously, it's become more of a well-known fact that Art Bryles asked his receivers to, I won't say take plays off, but not to expend as much energy. You can say when, take plays off. Take plays off when they weren't the primary target in a play. And I know for people who, like, if you're just watching them and you don't know that, you're wondering, well, why is this guy going half speed, you know, all these times? until so you realize why. But even still, I feel like it, le- it makes it harder to scout these guys because you're tipping your pitches. I mean, you really are tipping your pitches there. Okay. I mean, it, it is, it's like, you know, being – it's like being a pitcher who, you know, has a tick when he throws a curveball and you know what's coming. I mean, if you see a guy who – isn't giving you everything off the line as a defender. After a while, you figure out, oh, all right, well, this guy's not—they're not, they're not coming over here with the football right now. And I just wonder how much that impacts scouting some of these Baylor guys.
4: Yeah, I think it's really important to contextualize the player for the environment that he's placed in.
1: Right. So I—I I mean, I don't necessarily yeah. blame the player oh, yeah. himself because obviously this is a this is something that's coming from the coaching staff. But in terms of, you know, what that means, I mean, you know, part of of part of the evaluation we talk about with these guys is play speed and how you know, how it is that these guys get open, and especially in a situation where maybe the first read isn't open. But if you've taken the play off, well, then you're not open either, and that makes things a little more difficult.
4: I think the one thing – like, I'll spin this kind of what you're saying, and then I'll also spin it as a positive, which I never hear people do about this particular situation. One thing that's, that you're – to your point is – that when Coleman is going on a route, he's going at full speed all the time or all these Baylor receivers because he's taken all the other ones off. And I think that is something that will be interesting to that he'll have to adjust to. And there will be an adjustment period with Coleman because, oh, yeah. I mean, his route, like the routes he was used on, it was pretty much just the slant, the screen, the nine, and the curl route. And that's it. Like... That's all he has experience running. However, I think that you can still use a player in that way, like find a functional way to use him. I mean, Demarius Thomas really only runs those routes. Yeah. So it's up to the coaching staff to use him to his best abilities. However, I'll also say that because of all that coverage diagnosis that they have to do, he's actually a much smarter player to me than I think he gets credit for because those receivers have to pretty much read coverage like a quarterback does in that offense. Like they have to know the play coming to me. This is what I do. The play's not coming to me. I don't do this. And that's what, it's reflected, again, in his reception perception. He has really high scores against zone coverage because he's good at reading what a corner does and where he has to sit. And I think that will be a big key to him developing into more of a full-time receiver.
2: And then, Marcus, isn't it true that – I mean, like, a lot of these star receivers
4: do that. I, I mean,
2: it's, it's hardly ever you see some of these top, top
1: guys – really go full bore every single Not as much as Baylor though. Yeah, I mean Baylor is very it's, pronounced. It's very pronounced I mean yeah, obviously we you know, Randy Moss was kind of the king of that. Right. But not everybody's Randy Moss either. <laughs> 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 That's the other part of that. <laughs> and to Coleman's credit, like when the play is going to him, you don't see him like Psst. No, I mean obviously when when you know that guy is the primary target, yeah, though. Like I don't I don't doubt his effort when yeah. when he has to give it. I just right. I just wonder whether or not Art Bryles isn't doing some of these guys a disservice. Okay. I, look, Art Brow's job is to win football games. It's not right. necessarily to get guys yeah. drafted. So yeah. I get it, but you know, I don't Lance, know. It's, Lance, it's, it is an issue that I that came to mind. Lance
2: Zerline had a very interesting stat in his write up, and, and he does a write up on I don't know, like a budget five hundred guys. Seriously, like five or six hundred. Like five hundred. It's silly how many write ups he does, but uh, Quite he, a lot of on guys. his yeah on his write up of Corey Coleman. Interesting stat I read. That uh, Corey Coleman has a drop rate of nearly 12%. That is huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge, uh, which I was very surprised by for a guy that caught 74 balls for 1363 and 20 touchdowns. Um, I mean, I saw a lot of Baylor this year. Obviously, they're a very high profile team. Uh, I, I mean, from what I saw on the field, love it. Uh, when I went back to go look at some more tape, Loved it. Uh, Combine loved it as well. Five eleven, one ninety five. So he's a you know he's he's got a good build on him. Four three seven forty time, but that's at his pro day, which everyone runs a little faster on their pro day for whatever Especially reason. Especially Baylor. Um, but he, you know the bottom line is, let's say he's got a four four forty time, still great. Seventeen reps on the bench. That's huge. That's huge for a wide receiver. I think it was definitely in the top five. I think that I think from the wide receiver perspective uh, this year, I think they. T- I don't. I, I don't quote me on this, but uh, I think it topped out at 19. Uh, but the guy who Shepard had 20. Yeah,
3: oh. I was gonna say I thought I thought somebody hit 20.
2: So, but 17 is that's a big number. It is uh, for a guy with that kind of speed. That's a huge number. I love that. I absolutely love that about Corey Coleman. And uh, and yeah, man, I, I you know you guys pegged me right, man. He's a he's a combine combine guy, and and I, I liked it. I, I really liked what I saw on Corey Coleman. All right, another speedster. How about Will Fuller there at Notre Dame? Um, a lot of folks, you know, he ran the officially ran the fastest 40 time at the combine mm-hmm. uh, for a wide receiver at 4.32, which is insanely crazy fast. fast. Crazy fast. Uh, Matt Harmon, your take on the Notre Dame
4: product? Okay, well, I'm gonna like put my take into context here with where other people see him, and I know our colleague Daniel Jeremiah said that he could be the first wide receiver off the board. That's what he's hearing. That yeah, he's, that's what he's hearing, and a few other people, you know, view him as a top five receiver prospect, uh, and you know, a clear first round pick. I don't. personally. Uh, no, I don't. Either. Yeah, and here's the thing with him, and. If you've been paying attention to me at all this offseason, one, I'm sorry. Uh, two, you know that I've been talking a lot about receiver drops. I wrote an article for my website about uh, how I feel about receiver drops and, and, and the way that I think it's an over, overrated, overemphasized part of analyzing the position when you put it into context with the rest of what they do. So I'm going to talk about why I don't like Will Fuller without talking about his drops. Um, cause you already so know I, can't, so you. I just can't bring up Ted Ginn? You can (laughs) after, but let me finish. (laughs) So the interesting thing about Will Fuller is I do think that he obviously has deep speed and he has that ability. I mean, crazy fast, like you mentioned, he can just fly by guys. He has that rare, you know, fifth or sixth gear that NFL players do. He's also really good after the catch. Like when you get the ball in his hands, he can function in space and he's not worried. Like he's a pretty tough guy, like about going over the middle and and playing in traffic. He's fine with that. The problem is he's so thin like he's six foot 180 he has the lowest success rate versus press coverage scores of all the guys I charted this year like he's just not good at getting off the line and that's going to be a problem when you get to the NFL and there's more bigger physical corners yeah and he's just like the interesting thing about him and I've kind of separate deep threats into two different parts there's like the Mike Wallace guys that run the nine route but they also run the curl route and the slant route those are really easy quarterback like targets for a quarterback to hit then you got guys like Kenny Stills who kind of run more out routes and I think Will Fuller profiles as that guy and that takes really a lot of anticipation timing it takes a really good quarterback to, yeah, to get with those guys so to me I think he fits into that like archetype of deep threats that's going to take a lot from their quarterback and you saw like when Mike Wallace got out of like a very backyard-style Pittsburgh offense is playing with, like, a timing quarterback in Minnesota. It just didn't fit as well. And same thing when Kenny Stills left New Orleans and had that timing quarterback, things fell apart for him too. So I think Will Fuller is going to be a tough guy. Why to can't just... Will Fuller run those routes that you were mentioning? Why can't he run a comeback or a curl or a uh, a slant? I think it's, it's just based a lot on timing and knowing when to break back. And I don't think he has quite that ability to to time those routes. And like I mentioned, getting free from press coverage is a struggle. Like if you can't get off the line – you can't get into that slant route very well. You can't get into those crossing routes. So he's either going to have to blow by you or he's going to run a very nuanced route to the outside.
3: I think what doesn't help Will Fuller is that he is so freaking fast that that's his trait he always relies on, and it doesn't allow him to run his routes at different speeds to set up those routes better and gain the separation because he's just used to going like mad past everybody he's too.
4: not he's not a detailed deep route runner like a lot of people compare him to Devin Smith last year I liked Smith a lot more because he showed that sort of deception like he could sell the underneath route before going vertical or if he's running that deep post he would cut back and then cut inside when I watch Will Fuller I immediately think of Deshaun Jackson yeah I mean I mean, I mean you look at the si- the body
2: size the type of game that they play the speed, obviously. Um, I mean he's he's a Deshaun Jackson clone.
4: But Jackson's better at playing the he has better ball skills, he's better at oh yeah in contested oh, situations. Yeah. And that was what Smith was so great at too last year. He mm-hmm. was gonna he had he could track the ball like a like you throw a frisbee up for a dog and he's just gonna go get it. That was Smith last year. And same thing with Jackson in terms of like playing it contested So
3: situation. we haven't really asked this yet, but if there was one dream spot for Fuller to land, where would we want him to go? Oh God. Uh to New Orleans? No. No. I mean Baltimore might work.
4: Um be fun. Pittsburgh even like just to replace that big play threat aspect that they're probably they're going gonna to miss with Martavis, yeah. Well, they've got Darius Hayward Bay, so Hey Bay. Like I said, uh <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> um I can't really like off the top of my head, I can't really think of like a perfect landing spot. I mean, even in New York, that would be like New York Giants, that would be kind of fun. Yeah. All right, well we can
3: keep, we can move on. We don't need to sit here and dream up all the scenarios <laughs> for him.
2: I, I think Dallas needs a guy. I do. Um,
1: Terrence Williams hasn't really cut it so yeah,
2: far. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. That is accurate. Yeah,
2: I mean he can do one thing, uh, and that's about it, uh, which is go. But that's other than that, uh, doesn't have much. Uh, the last one thing I did want to ask you about Will Fuller. Uh, sure. you know the tape that I saw, it's so hard. He's either wide open, uh, on, on a go, or he's catching bubble screens, right? So it's like. There's so few plays where I saw he was actually in contested space where they actually threw him the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, you mentioned that slight frame. He, he, if he gets jostled off by a, a physical corner, they just don't throw there. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the plays I saw, he's either – he's most of the plays I saw, he's either wide open or if it's contested, they're just not throwing him uh, the rock. I, I thought it was very hard to figure out what he's going to look like in the
4: pros. It's a tough – It's a tough translation, to be honest with you. I mean, I just – I don't know. I just don't see a guy that you're going to want to be, like, a top two option in your passing game and, like, regularly rely on him. I think, Like, you know, and Marcus mentioned Ted Ginn. Like, he can be that type of player for you that you want as, like, a hammer. You know, that, like, foot on the throat sort of – sort of player in a passing offense, but I don't think you're going to want to count on Like, you don't want to throw 100 targets to, to Will Fuller in, in a year, you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, very good. Um, how about uh, – let's go to Ohio State, shall we? Two uh, very interesting names. Uh, one guy I'm a little higher on than the, than the next. Braxton Miller I like. Michael Thomas not so much.
3: Interesting. Um, Why do maybe, you like Braxton Miller more than Michael Thomas? Well,
2: <clears throat> yeah, well, I think – I think I'm a little bit more intrigued by Braxton Miller, and the other thing by, about Braxton, I think his, I think he will get drafted uh, lower than Michael Thomas.
3: It's seeming that way
2: right now, and uh, and, and just I I am just kind of looking for risk reward, but Michael Thomas, he doesn't look like a natural player, I guess is is what I'm thinking. I mean, obviously you look at the size and the speed, and you're like, oh yeah, this
4: guy's gonna ball, but. I don't think he ever cracked 800 yards ever at Ohio State. Michael Thomas has, and I just wrote about him yesterday for NFL.com. Read it at NFL.com slash prospect today. Thank you, sir. Uh, (laughs) And uh, he is a fascinating case because he's become one of the more polarizing players in the draft. Right. I was thinking that same thing. Like there's such a wide variety of. Like I mentioned in the lead to my article, like you got guys saying he's the number one wide receiver, comparing him to some of the best players in the NFL. And you've got other guys saying he's like one of the more overrated prospects in the draft. And it's like a -a tilt-a-whirl of opinions on him. But he does – and to speak on the negatives, he does have – a very pedestrian production profile as far as just raw stats and yeah. the percentage of the team offense that he owned, which a lot of guys in the fantasy community do a good work on market share and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And he's also older. He's another one that's like he went to military academy outside of high school and right. then came to Ohio State. So, you know, he's – I think what that lets you – kind of imagine for him and, and this speaks to my opinion on him is it, it kind of limits the range of possibilities like the range of possible outcomes in the ceiling there uh so i think like to me he's a really polished route runner and that's really interesting cuz normally you think of smaller receivers being that good route runner type of guy but he puts a lot of of nuance into his routes and he consistently gets open against the cornerbacks that he was facing he's pretty strong against press coverage so but he so he does all those small receiver things well. He's pretty good after the catch, but he doesn't play like a big receiver. Like you mentioned, he doesn't look natural tracking the ball in the air in contested situations. He's just below the class average that I have. So, I don't know. He's a confusing evaluation because I think he's very much like a complimentary number two receiver, and that's probably all he ever will be. I don't. I don't. See I would agree with that. Some that some do like. <laughs> I don't I – mean, you mentioned player comps, and I don't do a lot of them because I'm I'm bad at them. But Rumford Johnny, who's a good follow on Twitter, he compared him to Michael Crabtree, and I think that's exactly who Michael Yeah, I Thomas like that is. one a lot.
2: Yeah, me too. I like that one. 6'3", 215, so he's a big boy, man. He ran a 45740, uh, 35-inch vert and 18 reps on the bench. So he is an athlete. He's a big-time athlete. But just, I don't – like, having watched all these Ohio State games, I never thought, oh, Michael Thomas, got to worry about this guy. Yeah. I, I was much more – Uh, impressed with what Devin Smith could do uh, two years ago than than Michael Thomas at all last year. And, again, he never has topped 800 receiving yards. He's never topped double-digit touchdowns. He had back-to-back nine touchdown years uh, going from his sophomore to junior year. I and again, you know the route's fine, but it's like you, it's like you said, man.
4: He seems to play smaller than he is. He's huge. In Dynasty Drafts, there's always going to be somebody that likes Michael Thomas more than me. Like I want to own, <laughs> I want to own like a f- top five pick or a pick in the late ra- in the late part of the first round, where I can take a couple bites at the apple, like either a crew or a Sterling Shepard. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas is going to go in that like, 1-6 range, and
3: I just don't want any part I of it. I think that. he actually went exactly at like, 1-6 in the Dynasty rookie mock draft I just did with some guys from like viz and other places like that. Well,
4: when you talk about the the Crabtree comparison, and I mentioned this in the article, Like, that's the thing about Michael Thomas. Like, you remember Crabtree on the 49ers was, was so... Awful because he just was such a poor fit with that quarterback. Mm-hmm.
3: And then he goes to you a quarterback. You can say his name. He's not Voldemort. It was Colin. <laughs> <laughs>
4: we talk so much about him. I'm sick of talking about him. So, I
3: think Thomas is going to be that
4: way too for fantasy. Like, if he gets in a landing spot that he just doesn't fit with that sort of anticipatory yeah. quarterback, it could be a nightmare. All right, Braxton Miller, what's up? I don't know. I mean, like, one,
2: I mean, You're the one who loves yeah. Braxton Miller, James. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what like, is up? Well, look, he's a he's a fabulous athlete.
4: There's no question about it. And did and, you know he used to play quarterback? What? That I know it's shocking. Is he though? Because like it's shocking. Well, I mean, I know he played quarterback. Is he a fabulous athlete though? I mean, he definitely plays that way. He didn't test that way at the combine. He was like just okay. He was okay. I, I'm uh well I don't know.
2: I think he was above average. Uh let me let me look at this up real quick. Jackson Miller, where are, you? where are you? I think the quickness so, drills he was very good. He ran like yeah. four five forty. Right. He ran a four five forty. He had a thirty five inch vert, eleven foot broad jump, and seventeen reps on the bench. That's a good athlete. Expectations were probably
3: just a little too. Yeah, high. people were getting a little getting a little way too hyped. He's also
2: 6'1", 200 pounds. Uh, so again, That's he's he's, uh, he's got the size. Uh, it's he's not necessarily a six three guy, but you know he's got good size. He's got good speed, and he's a strong kid. And what we saw, uh, especially. Uh, after the catch, I, I was very impressed with. Look, he double taps a lot of balls. There's no question about it. Um, but again, that was one year as wide receiver. What happens uh, when he works this offseason fully? Just I mean, just pounding the jug machine. What 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 what's that gonna look like? Will he do that? I don't know. I don't know what his work ethic is like. But if he really dedicates himself to this thing, uh man we saw. I thought. I thought I saw some pretty good improvement for a guy who's never played the position. I, I liked what I saw uh, in terms of improvement. Now, can he keep that going? That's the question. Uh, when you get to
1: the pros and you get that NFL money, can you keep that going? Uh, I don't know. I don't even know if it's about so much the money. I mean, it is. It is one learning to play the position is also learning to play it against professional talent. You Very know, I good mean, point. I think. I think. You know the athleticism. I think that's there. I think the want to is there. But I mean, it just it comes down to the ability to, to learning to be able to do this consistently against some of the best athletes in the game. And and I think you know that's going to be the part where Braxton Miller is going to struggle a little bit. And so I think for for our purposes, for fantasy purposes, I, you know, he's a guy maybe in a in a rookie draft you take a late flyer on and hope that he develops into something because right. I don't know that he's going to give you enough consistent production well, this ain't year ain't that it's going to be worth oh, it. Oh, he ain't doing
2: Jack in 2016. There's no
4: way. Or, uh, I mean, or even 2017. I mean, this is this is a projection, and the fact he has a year ahead is nice, but you just don't see enough evidence, like, of him doing wide receiver things. Like, they put him in a specialized role to get the ball in his hands, and that was great, and he yeah. can make plays that way. Right. But for fantasy purposes, like Marcus said, he's – I mean, who knows when he's going to produce on a consistent level if he ever does. Right. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big leap of faith. You know, he's, he's also – he is 24 years old already. Like, it's – who the hell knows when Braxton Miller's going to do anything worthwhile. He definitely needs football. to get
2: to an offensive coordinator that recognizes his skill set. Um, because he could do a lot of different things, yes, which is for sure. uh very interesting. He's definitely not a specialized player, that's for sure. Um, you know, I, I just think yeah, he's got to play that H back role. There's no question about it. And he can, I think he can carve out a long time role in this league if he could figure that out and if he can I, get with the coordinator that can do. I that.
3: would like to see him get in the slot and develop into like. Cause there are, I'd love to not to, see not that to continue too. to make the comparison, but there are several other wide receiver former quarterbacks that do good work in the slot because. As a quarterback in a pro style offense out of Ohio State, too, he's going to be a little bit better at naturally recognizing those coverages. However, like Matt said, he still needs to learn uh, more of the nuance of playing the position. But if he gets in, puts in the time, like guys like Randall Cobb, Julian Edelman, yeah. they didn't they didn't do squat their rookie years, True. but after they had a time, That's they right. had the reps, they learned the offense, then they started picking it up. So. Well, and I
2: like the fact that he used to be a quarterback. The fact that he thinks about this game in a different kind of way, and he's used to spending all that film time. He's used to it.
3: So,
4: right. So, I, I, I'd I like to, like I said. But it's still a
3: projection.
2: It's all oh,
4: I understand why, t- like, NFL media analysts and, like, NFL draft guys are higher on Miller than, uh like, the fantasy community is. Because that's, I mean, they're go- he's a big name. He will go earlier in rookie drafts for Dynasty than he's supposed then, to. Yeah, I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Um, Pittsburgh, Tyler
2: Boyd. Interesting guy. <laughs> interesting dude. 6'1", 200 uh, pounds, 45840, uh, 34-inch vert. Uh, His hands, my God. I mean, every single play you see of this guy, he's snatching the ball out of the air. Um, uh, Matt Harmon, what's your take on on Tyler Boyd?
4: Not as high on Tyler Boyd as other people are. And uh, I think, like, my hot takes on Tyler Boyd are a lot less hot these days than they were, like, back when everybody thought he was, like, the consensus 1.03 pick in Dynasty and was, like, a clear stud. I think that his – pretty poor combine performance was, was indicative of who he is as a player. And and just get into that. I mean he doesn't get, he doesn't separate from from man coverage. He doesn't get off press coverage well. He's he's a great, like very mature route runner. He looks like an NFL veteran running routes and that's that's very impressive, but he's still not getting open at, at the college level. And so that's going to be a problem exacerbated at the pro level, you oh, yeah. know. So to me I think that he definitely is a good he's good at playing the ball in the air and he has strong hands. And that's great, but he's a, but it's not like an overwhelming trump card type of trait like Doxton has or Mike Evans has that it, if those guys aren't open, they still can compete for the ball in the air. I think Boyd is he, – he's very fundamentally sound in a lot of ways, but he's just a he's – a, He's a possession guy. He's, he's a not? possession
3: guy. Yeah, he's going to need the right role in the NFL to make an impact in like just on the field and in fantasy, I think.
2: I'd love him. There's, from a real-life perspective, I'd love him on my team because he's the kind of guy that's going to fight, man. But what
4: kind of capital do you want to invest to get? Yeah, exactly. Like, like exactly. he's a guy I would take in the late third round, fourth round. Oh, yeah, yeah, run. absolutely. But the problem is, like, he, I think some people view him a lot higher than that, because it's just a very replaceable skill set, like a clutch, tough guy. I mean, the Panthers got that out of Jericho Cotri the last couple <laughs> years, and he's like a thousand <laughs> years old. You know, you can get that off the street. You okay. can get that in the late rounds of the draft. I just don't want to go crazy over Tyler Boyd, because I don't think he brings any sort of... Right. Like, I, he, would, he would be great as a a third option in my passing game. Like Marvin Jones was for the Bengals this year behind a stud tight end and a stud number one receiver. And when he's there, you can count on him.
3: Right. Like you were saying you can get that production late too. I watched him this year and I watched Nelson Spruce out of Colorado and they both kind of reminded me of the same player. Big, strong guys that ran sort of similar routes, fought for the ball. So if, if a team drafts Tyler Boyd that highly, like because he's projected, I've seen – they, earlier in the draft process, there he was projected at the end of the first, No. maybe in the second. Yeah. Still, like really? seriously, James. Huh. Yeah. So if he goes that high, don't overdraft him oh. in rookie drafts and things like that. There, there will be definitely better options to get later.
2: Am I just crazy? I, <laughs> I looked. I, I watched. tape also, on him for like an hour, and I'm like, Did you? Oh yeah, he's did
3: good. you watch tape from 2015? Because I've heard too. I haven't dove back, but people said his 2014 tape. You watched both. Let me speak on that
4: because I think that <laughs> I, I think that is a a, a crux that. Like people that really like Tyler Boyd can lean on. And he was certainly used in a different way this year. Like they got him because they lost their star running back, James Conner. He had like a a cancer situation. He had to leave the team for something like that. I can't remember correctly. But so he pretty much was their offense, which was why he was so productive. They gave him the ball on jet sweeps, passes out of the backfield a lot, which was just kind of silly because as James mentioned, he's like a possession receiver. It just, that sort of like production profile, the fact that he had like so many touches in the offense doesn't really move the needle for me because. Because it was a bad offense. And oh, so they're horrible. getting him all these touches in, in this kind of designed way. But you also see, like, if you watch him on a route-to-route basis, which is, you know, what I do for Reception Perception, you see him running plenty of traditional routes. Like, mm-hmm. that's just something that people throw around. So you can be like, no,
3: nah, the last year was better. Don't worry about it. Yeah, like, it but I was going to say, I yeah. couldn't speak to it. But I, I watched 2015, too, and I wasn't that impressed. It's uh, the same. He's the same player. <laughs> I'm just like, really. You watch you watch that, and you're thinking this guy's gonna go in the first round. I think matter. he's one of those guys, though. Like we were talking about with uh, the production profile and stuff, is like he in market shares. He owned oh, a see. massive amount, like, like awesome.
4: over forty percent of the pit offense his entire career, which it's, is great. Like it's, it's an obscene amount, production, though. It's, in, it's a very impressive uh, portfolio for sure, but it just like I mentioned especially on a ba- like an objectively bad offense the last two years. It just doesn't impress yeah. me very much.
2: All right. I uh, want to get to Leonte Carew out of Rutgers.
4: Um,
2: I, I don't know much. i, I, I got to be honest. I didn't watch any Rutger games last year.
1: I feel like it's a fun wow. name wow. to say, though. <laughs> Leonte Carew? Leonte Carew. I mean, Leonte Carew. Maybe the most fun name to say in this draft. I Other
4: say- than Geronimo. <laughs> That's
1: <laughs> cute. This is
2: definitely one of those Key and Peele-like type names. Leonte Carew.
1: That's a cool <laughs> name.
4: I like it. Um hey, Logarrett Blunt resigned with the Patriots this morning. Yep. Bellatrix are back. Oh I just wanted to let you guys know that. So, Sweet.
3: So. Breaking news. Breaking news. Carew's a good player though. Is he? Yeah. yeah. I watched some of him earlier in this offseason. Okay. He was going to the senior bowl, but then he got injured at the senior bowl. He was lighting up senior bowl practices. Got injured, couldn't play in the game. Harmon watched him more deeply for uh, Prospect Today, but I liked what I saw because he's a he's a physical guy and he's he's fast. He can get open deep and in, in a number of ways. But Harmon, you can speak a little more deeply to his his craft as you just wrote up the profile on him, which you can also read on NFL.com/slash Prospect Today. Boom. Um, I like the fact that he's a well muscled guy. Yeah, he's built like a
4: like a bowling ball. because yeah. he's short, but he's like. Almost 217 or something. Yeah, he's got a
3: decent amount over 200 for sure.
4: Which I think shows up in his game like he – both good and bad because he's great at releasing from the line of scrimmage. He has a really strong – like. You know, a lot of college receivers can't vary up their release off press coverage. Uh, they just do the same move over and over again, and people think that's impressive when it's really not. But Ante Carew can go inside, outside. He can do. He can release with his hands. He can release with his feet. He's good at at getting off line of scrimmage. He's good at at winning contested passes. Like he a, he's a strong player, but also that. That frame that you mentioned, like how he's kind of short and stout, longer cornerbacks can get inside his frame and he'll struggle to separate from those guys. And I think you're going to see a lot more of those guys in the NFL, of course. So that's one question I have with him: is is what is his long-term upside? I don't think he'll ever be like a number one receiver for fantasy or for his NFL team. Okay, but he does so many different things very well. He's also pretty solid after the catch too. Yeah, I think he'd be a great like number two receiver, and you're going to get him at a discount. Uh, the one thing we don't know about is that there are some character questions with him. Uh, right. So that could cause him to fall too. But I like him a lot more. Like, I would rather take Carew in the, you know, third round of, of the NFL
3: draft than reach for, like, a, a Michael Thomas even. Yeah, even or, like, like Michael Thomas. or like late second. Like, if yeah. the Bengals took Carew at the end of the second that round for they're drafting. I would like that.
2: How about Sterling Shepard? Uh, I think he entered 2015 with a lot of hype.
1: Oh, this is Harmon's boy. I was going to say, let's all just sit back and this is, this is, uh, I mean, listen to Harmon like, go to town. Matt Harmon was on Sterling Shepard back in, like, November. I mean, he was hyping him up way back then. Sterling Shepard out of Oklahoma, he had a
2: lot of uh, press about him uh, going into 2015. Um, did you think he disappointed? Did you think he overachieved? Just about right? What would you think? I
4: mean, I think he delivered. I'm trying to look at what his – I mean, yeah, he put up 1,200 yards, uh, 11 touchdowns, 86 catches. So, I think that he is – he's one of my favorites in the draft class, of course. Like, not one of my, like, favorite sleepers, because everybody knows about Sterling Shepard. Right. He is – The best route runner in this class, bar none, there's no discussion to have. Oh, dang. Yeah, that's a clear – and he has the best score against man coverage and press coverage, and he played a lot from the slot. 67% of his snaps from the slot in uh, his college – in his final college year. Actually, I think 68%, excuse me, somewhere around there. Is he a slot receiver in the NFL? But the thing is, I think that he can play outside. So you saw him take some snaps outside at Oklahoma, and he definitely has the – route running acumen to separate from coverage outside and also he had a pretty impressive more impressive combine performance than i thought he had he jumped over 40 inches yeah 41 inches so and that's the one question i have with with him like i think that he is a great route runner like you mentioned and i'm not comparing him to odell beckham but i mentioned this in my prospect today article beckham got on the field right away as a rookie despite missing training camp preseason the first few weeks of the regular season because he was a great route runner. And Dave Gettleman even mentioned that when he got drafted, called him the best route runner in that class. So I think Shepard's going to get on the field just like Beckham did early. But if he's going to go farther along that small receiver archetype like Odell Beckham. Yeah, because he's only 5'10", 195. Yes. Smaller dude. Needs to improve winning contested catches, which is something that he did as he went on in his college career. But the fact that he jumped that vertical inch, he has – you know, that, I think he has that tangible athletic ability. It just needs to continue to hone it. So that's the question for me is if he's going to be a regular outside receivers, how can he do that? Um, the thing for fantasy purposes, <laughs> it's gonna be tough at five ten to be it a regular is. outside guy. But you see guys do it. I'm yeah. Oh, for Beckham, sure. Beckham, Brown,
1: Brandon Cooks is not. A, well, he's not. He's more of a slot guy. He's he played a, he,
4: outside a bunch. Yeah, he played outside, but he's a he's faster. I mean, just a pure like a burner. One guy that I think he compares pretty favorably to is like an Emmanuel Sanders, who he plays in the slot and plays outside a little bit. You're right. But for like I mentioned for fantasy purposes, I mean Sanders was basically nothing until he got with. A certain type of quarterback and a certain type of offense, and I th- I could see Shepard being that way too. All right, where should he go? He should go to a team that heavily that has a good quarterback All that right. can work on those, like. Get him open, you know, not get him open, but work on the routes when he's open. You know, very timing-based stuff. So, I mean, ideally you want to see him, like, in Green Bay or How in about Atlanta? Dallas. Atlanta would be a good spot because um, he could play that sort of slot flanker sort of thing, kind of right. alternate with Mohamed Sanu. I don't know. I mean, I think and just anywhere with a good quarterback. You don't want to see him go, like, to Cleveland or something like that. That
3: would be a disaster. I think maybe we should hit a couple of these other guys super quick and then then head to Daps. Let me ask you this. Who
2: in the world is Daniel Braverman out of Western
3: Michigan? Oh, here we go. He is. Okay, so I don't know if you saw this, James. A couple weeks ago, Daniel Jeremiah on Twitter went like, oh, man, he's like, I just talked to a GM or like a personnel guy. He told me about this sleeper nobody's talking about. He's like, I went and watched him. Kid can flat out ball, but I can't say who he is. And then like a week after that, Everybody was talking about Daniel Braverman, and DJ was like, "Well, I guess it's out. Secret's out. So it's Daniel Braverman out of Central Michigan. He is small. He's also like five ten, only like a buck seventy or eighty. Okay, but this guy, man, can play. Like you put on the tape. He's coming out of Central Western Michigan. Excuse me. You're like, okay, whatever. Like not a great program, right? But he against top competition in the Big Ten went to work." He put up, like, over over 10 catches and over 100 yards and I think a touchdown against both Michigan State and Ohio State this year. Interesting. So he is super quick out of the slot. He's got great feet. Um, he's able to get separation like that. He's fearless going over the middle even though he's a smaller guy. And he's got good route combinations where he can still get open deep even though he doesn't have elite speed. So, like, his athletic profile is somewhere between Julian Edelman. He's not as great of an athlete as Edelman in, but he's a little better of an athlete than Jarvis Landry. So he's the kind of guy to keep keep an eye on because if he comes in and gets in the right offense, like a lot of these guys, he might not make a huge impact in year one. He might right. have a couple weeks for DFS and stuff. Right. But he could be a guy that actually is—he's a dynamite in the red zone too. He scored a ton of his touchdowns in the red zone because he's so quick. People, you know, he makes one one step one way, and the the defender's already off of him.
2: Who in the hell is Rashard Higgins out of Colorado uh, State?
4: Harmon. Quick, make it quick. <laughs> he, uh, I wrote about him for my for for Prospect Today, and I also wrote like a more in depth why he's really important to reception perception. He's a guy from Colorado State was incredibly productive. He scored like pristine reception perception scores, but as I pristine, pristine. I mean, a guy wow. that it, to my, to, I'm going to trust my process and think that he is a future NFL player. But if you look at his combine numbers, dreadful. I mean. What was he like thirtieth percentile? Fourth percentile. Fourth percentile of, of spark athletes. So to again to quote Zach Whitman there, he has he's like a once every couple of years leap of faith player. Those guys basically get cut. But he's so great in my process that I have to
3: at least be intrigued by him. All right. There you go. Um uh, Sharon Peak, real quick. Please. Clemson wide receivers. Am I right? Am I right? Or no, seriously. <laughs> wrap right. it up. What do, <laughs> need,
4: what do you need to say? <laughs> he's interesting
3: because he's he's a good guy's uh, good combination of size and speed. He, is. he wasn't used a ton in different ways at Clemson, so I'm kind of curious to see if he gets into the right spot at the in the NFL if he could develop a little more and expand his expand his route tree and use him in different ways cuz he is a, an intriguing athlete and he was pretty darn good at Clemson year. He was a
2: a highly recruited guy. <laughs> yes. Injuries kind of derailed him and also yes, the did. depth
3: Depth too. I mean it hurts when you got to come behind Nuke DeAndre Hartis, Martavis, Brian, and Sammy, Watkins. And Sammy Watkins. That's that's not easy.
2: But uh, injuries definitely slowed him down as well, but uh, he was a very highly recruited guy. I see Farrell Cooper on here out of South Carolina. Uh, just my quick take on Pharaoh Cooper is not impressed. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. Sort of jack or of all trades, master of none. I, mean, I, he, I don't see him having a role in the NFL at all. I think that's, his,
1: I, I, I think that's his thing is that he doesn't really have a role. I, I watched him, and they asked him to do a lot at South Carolina. I mean, he was their wildcat quarterback. He returned punts. He was a wide receiver. I mean, he did a little bit of everything. The problem is that I think because he was asked to do so much, he never got to focus on being really good at any one thing. And I think, you know, at the next level – if anything, he is – I mean, he's a special teams guy. I don't know that he has a fantasy impact right From
2: now. what I've read, uh, he may get drafted based purely off of character. Yep. He's supposed to be an uh. awesome dude, but
4: skills-wise, from what I saw as a wide receiver, I just nah. – All right, and then last one, Harmon. Malcolm Mitchell. Yeah, Malcolm Mitchell and as well as Rashard Higgins are like my, my sleepers, my guys, uh, especially Mitchell. Um, he is so underrated. He is he the guy that
2: just tested out of control at the combine? Uh,
4: he had a solid 40, 4.45, and That's he amazing. also had like a, a broad jump that was, I think, in the 94th percentile. Okay. So incredibly explosive lower body, also has giant hands. Right. Uh, he has like t-
3: over ten inch hands. I wish you guys could. I wish we had video on this. He- <laughs> Harmon did like jazz hands, almost like giant. giant hands. He threw them both up. In the I podcast. think. I think yeah. his hand
4: size is in the ninety seventh percentile <laughs>
3: for wide receivers. His so. hands are huge.
4: His hands are huge. You know what that means? Uh, he's really good at catching the football. Yes. Ten and uh, a half inch hands. Yeah. I mean, so and and but I think that those combine numbers really embody who he is as a player i mean he has solid play speed but great explosion in routes can create easy separation changing directions and he's also has one of some of the best hands of the class he's good at tracking the ball has good ball skills in contested situations this is a guy that i think is overlooked because georgia's a run heavy offense that's why they keep churning out all these good running backs And uh, I think that Mitchell gets overlooked. He had an injury that he came back from, won a ton of awards from the team for, like, fighting through that injury, being uh, just an overall good dude. He wrote a children's book already, for God's sake. Wow. (laughs) yeah, right? Draft the man. But, I mean, he's a reception perception stud, has top five scores against man coverage, top seven scores against press and zone coverage. I mean, the guy is just solid all around. I think he could be really surprising. There you go. That's interesting. Malcolm Mitchell.
2: Combine that, uh, his reception perception, with just his flat-out combine numbers,
4: that's interesting. It's a good mix. And his children book writing. <laughs> and his children <laughs> his book writing. book
2: writing as well. But it seems to me like th- this would be a guy that uh, absolute deep sleeper
3: potential. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yep. Love him. All right. That was our wide receiver deep dive. I hope you guys learned something. For more on those, uh, most of these guys, actually, actually, I actually think all of them are profiled on NFL.com slash prospect today. Hit us up on Twitter with questions about these other things. We're all happy to help in dynasty drafts and stuff. But
2: right, Two other notes that I want to get out there. Please. All right, so pre-activate
1: your league. Yes. Uh are we still doing that promotion where yes. if you pre-activate yes. your league uh, you before or uh, by April 21st so you, you, get you still tr- have
3: uh, about 10 days. nfl.com/activate I believe. If um, you
2: pre-activate your league yep. you you are in the running. Uh, to get like prizes, Up-
3: upgraded. You get right. upgraded, upgraded to, the to NFL Experience leagues, right. which are ones where your league champion can get like a, a replica ring. Super Bowl ring that you. I think you guys can design for your fantasy league and autographed stuff like that. footballs and autographed jerseys footballs and, stuff. and jerseys and stuff like that. Yeah, I think you pick what it is. But if you pre-activate your league, doesn't doesn't put anything on you. All you do is click activate, and then your right. league is ready. And they'll email you when drafts are open and stuff later this year. Get a chance to get upgraded for some cool stuff, which is great. Why not? Why
2: not? Uh, NFL.com slash activate is that one. Uh, And the other one is reception perception. Uh, Where can we find it?
4: You can find it, uh, you can use the hashtag, hashtag Reception Perception. Uh, you can also find it on my website. Everything, that every Reception Perception piece of content, whether it's at another place or not, will get linked back to okay. my website, oh, thebackyardbanter.com. All right. Uh, don't get confused by the, uh, the podcast, which is fabulous, by the way. Oh, thank you. I am definitely going to have all three of you guys on at some point. Oh, you just hilarious.
3: had Adam Rank on. I was listening to the first, like, 20 minutes. Top, the topic was never addressed no, in the first it's twenty just,
4: minutes. So. I, like, also,
3: classic Adam Rang
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Also I, I, apparently he was in an in a uh, ISIS cave. Yeah, uh, I think he record- was in the
4: podcast studio, but, like, he recorded the whole thing with, like, his phone under his chin. <laughs> <laughs> Further, again, you know, leading to the idea that we might be the same person. Exactly. How easy is that to fix and post? Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Completely easy. I like it. No, I really appreciate, I appreciate that, though. And, yeah, please listen to the podcast, subscribe. Uh, we're sponsored. The
2: podca- it's amazing. It's a sponsored uh, deal, which is amazing. Uh,
4: the podcast actually has nothing to do, though, with perception. Right. perception. It has nothing to do with football. Well, it's something to do with football. Like, basically what I'm doing is I'm interviewing people – you know, like us that work in the, right. in the in the industry, in, in sports writing or sports media or fantasy football or whatever, asking them how they got to where they are so that you can kind of give a template to, you know, aspiring writers and people that wanna do this to get these stories in but it's also people that have no interest in becoming football writers have said that the stories are just well worth listening to. Yeah, I find that interesting. It's a very popular podcast. Bro, we were like top five and new and noteworthy on iTunes. That is, that's awesome, man. I know. I really. It's been. I just kind of thought it was just going to be something I piddled around with in the off season to take up some time. But it's really
2: gotten some traction. It's been
4: a lot. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I I really appreciate everybody that's listened. If you you know if you haven't like, please. Check it out. I I think the stories are well worth it, and I mean you have to put up with me for an hour, but
3: <laughs> you barely talk though. It's everybody else.
4: I tried to. That's been a great. Well, as a person, as an incredibly selfish, egotistical person, it's been a great lesson to not
3: be, to be in the host chair and just like, all right, Harmon, you
4: have to shut that off. <laughs> <laughs> the other person talk. That's the
3: Backyard Banter podcast. You can find there on iTunes go. and stuff. But should we uh, get to some daily daps? Daily dap and get out. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day.
4: Me up,
2: that's about, that's All right, daily depth time. We'll start with the uh, the man from West Virginia, uh, reception perception king, Matt Harmon himself. What's up? Well, I got a
4: scroll to pull out here because oh. I haven't. i in daily. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I want to first and firmo- foremost uh, d- dap you guys for having me back on the podcast and in my wilderness months. So I appreciate that wilderness. Um, and speaking of wilderness, I wanna I want to <laughs> give a dap to Plant Twitter. Um, if you have been following me again, I'm sorry. During the offseason, <laughs> you'll notice that I have taken up uh, trying to build the greatest balcony, <laughs> garden balcony, uh, it, it, balcony garden in the greater Los Angeles area. Oh uh, and uh, i his apartment, uh, which I can confirm, I live with Alex Gelhard, not Johnny Manzel. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> or Von Miller, or Von Miller, or Josh Gordon.
3: Uh, he doesn't uh, answer our texts. <clears throat>
4: but so I want to app, uh Plant Twitter for for accepting me, um, or at least me trying to be the founding member of, of Plant Twitter. I've oh, got a lot of, uh, I got some vegetables out there, some flowers that are just in full bloom. You know, this is the off season, man. It's a time to, <laughs> it's a time to ex- experiment with 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 different. Hobbies and and that's really <laughs> been uh, that's been mine. I, I'm I'm all into it. I have one simple question for
2: you. Sure. When did you become such a hipster?
4: Uh, well, okay. That's an. <laughs> You're un- growing your
1: own plants.
4: That's an unfair
1: Best question. I lesson. grow plants too. What are you How
2: Many people
4: grow plants. The, the guy's got beard oil for days. I mean, what's going on? I, here? I do it. I do <laughs> it. Um. I, listen, I grew up. Uh, my mom uh-huh. and I. That was like our thing. We have a very. Impressive garden back at, at her house, and Good. you know I haven't been able to channel that living in apartments ever since. And I figured, right. hey, I got the time. Um, speaking of of my mom's house, I'm going to be driving across the country uh, in a couple in about a month here. So if you, anybody, you? anybody wants me to, anybody wants to host me, uh, <laughs> and Charlie, host and host me and my dog, uh, send me an email as I'm as I'm driving across oh. the country. But and hopefully, Gellhaar waters my plants while I'm gone. Uh,
3: nah, nah,
4: dude. If if I come back and the plants are dead, I'm going to be
3: pissed no i'm just kidding i'm gonna <laughs> hey, that's on
4: you pal but i'm gone for a couple weeks what are you too i'm go to the, bud. I gotta go back to wisco all right james will come by and water the plants i probably will not well uh, johnny will be there i guess yeah. <laughs> uh anything else Ben Harmon? i, I mean that's uh, pretty good that's that, a good one that's pretty good okay, and the yeah. only other thing i'll dap is yeah. is my favorite band to listen to right now is uh dawes if you haven't checked them out they're fantastic great um some of the best like just Lyrics that fit the sound of the music right now. They're they're my favorite band. They came out with an album last year, and it was really great. Some just straight fire tracks on there.
1: Beautiful. MG, Marcus Grant, what's up? A uh, couple of daps. One, uh, daily daps to Kobe Bryant. And uh, I have never been a Lakers fan, but oh. uh, look, I say what you want about Kobe. The guy is ending an amazing, amazing career. It ends on Wednesday nice. nights. Uh, it also ends the same time that my Golden State Warriors will set the NBA record yeah. for <laughs> Wrap that up. wins in a regular season. Um, But, you know, daps to Kobe on a great career. Also, my real dap. Is to what is going, what is being called right now, the greatest car chase in LA history. I'm gonna d- I was gonna adapt this
3: too, so let's just get in. Let's it. just get it out of the way right now. All right, now. This, this, is is, this is a group
1: dap. This is a car chase. I, I don't know if you, you weren't in the office for this, James. But, I know, I was sad. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, you realize that the <sighs> NFL Media Newsroom shuts down essentially whenever there's a car chase in Los Angeles. Did this guy go the opposite
2: way at any point? Oh, uh, a little like, bit. Like
1: right away. No, remember we oh, pulled it up little? and he was already going right yeah. away. We're this was this was this was on a semi-rainy day in yeah. Los. Los uh, Angeles, uh, right. these uh, two suspects had uh, allegedly uh, burgled, burgled, a hi- burgled a home. Burgled is one of the best. And then they uh, they stole <laughs> they stole a convertible and drove around in the rain with the convertible top down. Love it. Uh, went to Hollywood where they got off the freeway on Hollywood Boulevard, which is one of the major tourist thoroughfares in Busy the city. Busy street.
3: Not a good idea if you're trying to elude the cops.
1: Not really. But uh, not only did he get off the freeway, they did donuts in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard Hit Donuts in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard as they are, you know, standing on top of the seats, driving, you know, making hand gestures of all kind. This was a rap video, was it not? It, it might it have been. Might have been. <laughs> <laughs> might have been. And so if that wasn't crazy enough as they get back on the 101 South, which is another tactical error because of the traffic on uh, in the afternoon. Sure. They were nearly boxed in by a passenger car and the TMZ bus. Oh, the TMZ
3: bus. This was a game changer. This was a
1: game changer when the TMZ bus showed up.
3: They were trying to pass the TMZ bus, and he just kind of swerved and blocked off their lane, so they had to stop. They threw, like, a cheeseburger at the car, (laughs) at the TMZ bus.
4: Cheeseburger.
3: One of the
1: cars left allowed them to continue their escape. They eventually went back to, uh, I guess, their neighborhood in in South L.A. After hitting a spike strip and the tire was basically off,
3: but they drove for another like three, four miles. On like three tires. Saying, yeah.
1: Uh and then when they stopped, finally they just parked in front of a house
3: and uh took some selfies. Sat on the they sat on the hood of the car and waited for the cops and people came out and took photos and high fives it and was stuff. pretty and, much a block party until the authorities arrived about ten minutes later. There were Dude. plot twists. There was excitement. It was
1: great. This was the most L.A. car chase ever. Getting- How is that not a hip-hop video? That's got to be a hip-hop video. Somebody's got to make this into a video. No, I'm thinking that's what it really is. <laughs> like, they probably shot this on their cell phone. They're going to edit this and post. It's going to be great. And actually, I mean, not only that, but I, because it stretched, stretched such a, a long distance – uh, our own franchise, Matt Franciscovich, they went near his apartment oh, yeah. in Hollywood. He, he, he ran out to the corner it. and Snapchatted the car, zooming past it. I like it. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. Oh wow! Well, daps I to, to those guys. They're going to be in jail for a while. <laughs> but um, <laughs> At least it was worth it.
3: But daps to them. Nobody got hurt, and it was wildly entertaining. There you go.
1: Like I said, the, the thing is, I've
2: worked in local news for a long time, and, and I've seen many a car chase. And it's so funny, like, the, the it's true. The NFL Media Newsroom loves a car chase. But I've been so desensitized to it, I tell, I tell these guys straight away, I'm like, look, dude, I'm not even turning on my television until they go the opposite way on the street. And that's true. <laughs> it's true. The thing car chases are, I mean, literally – like, they show them all the time on the local news. Yeah. And they're, ne- they're never interesting until the driver is willing to go the wrong
3: way. <laughs> and uh, the, I think why the newsroom gets so excited for them is because we've seen so many that they we can, know, yeah. we know all the twists too. So it's like he's going where? Oh, he's done. I mean, like, you, th- done. <laughs> you think you think
1: our prospect of day breakdowns are deep? You should see <laughs> our
3: car chase breakdowns.
2: Uh, it is great <laughs> analytics uh, on that.
3: Yeah, Whiz kid, what's up? Uh, I was going to adapt the car chase too, so there there I go. got partial You're that. In. And then uh, what also just throw in a dap for is that it's uh, Coachella week is officially upon us. Oh, I'm yeah. going I'm going this weekend. Uh, I'll be taking off Thursday night, and Marcus wow. and. Uh, NFL Fantasy Live producer Hytham Kalani are going up, uh, and fran- franchises are going up next weekend. So,
2: oh,
1: what is it like to
3: be young? I, uh, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going. But I'm going to Coachella anyway. <laughs> there you go. I'm not going. Marcus and I are both going to our first Coachella this year, so That's it'll great. be it'll be interesting. I'm I'm just wait, wait,
1: wait, Marcus. You've never been to Coachella? I've been to Bonnaroo, but ne- and a couple other festivals, but never Coachella. Really? Really? You're a USC guy. You never just got in the car. Well, I mean, when I was in you at USC, Coachella, I don't think was a thing. Oh, yeah. Come on. Why have
2: they been doing Coachella? A long time. I mean, not that I've ever gone because I hate music festivals, but
3: I'm (laughs) with you. See, that's why I've never gone either. I've been on here for like five years now because I'm not a huge music festival fan, but I've had Hytham and my other buddy Adam has been nagging me for years to go. And then once Guns N' Roses signed up to go, I was like, "You're in. I'm done. Is I, would, I would have paid the weekend admission price for Coachella for one GNR show. So <laughs>
4: nothing better to drag you to a
3: uh, desert, desert full that,
4: of a bunch of idiots to that, than, that, than <laughs> listening to an old has been band. Oh. Nothing will get me more fired up. Wow! Save
3: your fiery Guns a oh. Roses. I like. It. Uh, I mean, they also were for, good. For the record, Coachella started in '99. Okay. So, and so I was gra- I graduated. I was out of school. But oh, were you? Yeah. I was oh. eight. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, that's it for me, James. What do you got to tap?
2: Uh, how about the new trailer for Rogue One? Uh, I think Pretty Rogue good.
3: One looks really good. Pretty good. Yes.
2: I think I'm I really, excited. honestly, honestly, I truly believe it looks like it's going to be better.
3: Uh, oh, I I think it could be in Episode Seven. And I love Felicity Jones, though. She's really better a than episode 7, huh? Actress.
2: Uh, the one that just came out, is that episode 7? Wait, yeah. Rogue yeah. One? Is this a Star
3: Wars? Thing? Yeah. Yes, yes, it, it is. a trailer. You've been too busy that. with plants. <laughs> yeah, clearly.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, here's the other thing about I, I don't know why, but the, the longer it is that I've uh, that I've seen episode 7, the worse it becomes in my mind.
4: I I could have told you this, and and we were watching it a little bit last night, and it was still.
3: Yeah, it fell into the Blu-ray fell into my cart at Target. There you go. Whoops. (laughs) But so when you watched it back, I mean, well, it was it was even the case when I watched it again in theaters afterwards. It had I well I was like I enjoyed I very much enjoyed the first experience, but I wasn't like over the moon. And then subsequent times I was like, this is still good. My whole thing was like, it checked the right boxes. It got people excited again. Uh They I want the next one now though because right. this one was just such a nostalgia play, I, I and it was formulaic I, from all the other movies. Right. And like, I agree. that's fine. Get people in, introduce the new characters, pass the torch. I think but. it's the
2: the formula stuff that that that's why when I look back at it, and the further I get away from yeah. like just the initial, like, oh my
3: god, it's here. When that music hits in the right. theater and you're exactly. like, you shed, a, you shed a tear. <laughs> uh,
2: the further I get away from that and the more I think about just the actual movie itself, yeah. uh, the worse I kind of think of it. You know yeah. what
3: I mean? So, oh, no. Like some people were putting it way up there. I'd still put it below the – it's in between the original trilogy and the prequels for me.
2: There you go. All right. So, anyways, the trailer for Rogue One, I really, truly, honestly believe. Looks good. It looks really good. I And, I, and I've got really high expectations and hopes for it. So, we'll sh- we shall see. All right. That's going to do it for our show today. Uh thank you so much for listening. We thank Matt Harmon for stopping by.
1: Yay. My pleasure.
2: For MG my guy Marcus Grant and the whiskey from Wisconsin, Alice Galhart, I'm James Coe. We're out.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring
4: Mini-golf, anyone?
0: It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.